Uh, first, I have a couple questions for you guys. Uh, have you ever been in a spot where you don't know where you want to go, but you have to make a decision soon? On, you have to decide that you have to go somewhere at least. Or have you ever known where you want to end up, but you have no idea how you're going to get there? Uh, I've been in both of those situations, um, but currently I'm, I'm in the first one. I don't know where I want to go after this school year, but I know I have to go somewhere. You know, I, I'm going to be somewhere, so i got to figure it out soon. And there's stresses, there's pressure that you feel with that. Um, but that's kind of where I am. I'm in this season of waiting, waiting for God to do something new in my life, do something next in my life. Or maybe he says, you know, you got to stay here, uh, spend another year here. And so that can be hard. That can be challenging. That can be fearful. Um, and there's a lot of unknowns. But through all of that, I know that God is with you through that. Um, before I get started on our story for today, um, I want to ask you guys a question, and then we'll discuss um, with the person next to you um, the answer to the question. Um, so the question is, has God placed a calling on your life? And if not, what dreams do you have for your life? So whether you have an idea of what you want to do with your life or whether you don't, there is purpose for your life and there is something that God has for you, that God is working and molding you towards. Um, and so today we're going to be talking about David. We're continuing our series on the life of David. Um, Joe shared last week about um, David being called to be king when he was young, when he was around 13 years old and God having big plans for him. Um, but at the time, David had no idea what, what that meant. You know, he's like 13. He's like, you're going to be king of, of Israel. Well, they just had their first king, which was Saul, because the people wanted to have a king. They wanted someone to rule over them. Um, and so when, David tells, or when God tells David, hey, I want you to be king, then he has no idea um, what that means or how he's going to get there because he's the youngest of eight kids and he's the runt in the family and he has nothing going for him except tending to sheep. And so, so when he calls David, um, when he, David just like, he's like, okay, God, like, fine, I'll be king. But what does he do? He goes back to tend to his sheep. Um, he just continues where he left off before he got the call to be king. Um, and so I'm just going to summarize David's life for you guys and from the moment he was called until the moment he actually became king. There's, this, there's a lot that happens. Um, and so instead of reading a passage today out of the Bible, um, which this story covers like 25 chapters um, in First and Second Samuel, I'm just going to summarize it for you guys. Um, so when David um, first gets called, um, Samuel goes and calls him and says, hey, like, you're going to be king. Like, I want you to be king. David's like, are you sure? It's like not one of my older brothers who are much more strong and mature, um, more well off. And he's like, no, David, you're going to be king. And it's important to note that he gets called to be king before he goes and defeats Goliath. Now, everyone knows the story of David and Goliath, where David comes out and he uses his slingshot with a rock to hit this eight-foot giant uh, and kills him. But what we don't realize is that he was supposed to be king before this happened. Um, and so if he was supposed to be king, like what is, what is he doing still tending the sheep? Well, God wasn't ready for him to fill, um, fulfill his purpose, to fulfill his calling. Um, and so it's important to know, I also want to highlight in the story of David and Goliath that um, 
Before that, he was also actually working as an armor bearer to Saul, which was the king. And so um, Saul had messed up in his life. Saul was the previous king, and God told him to, to go destroy this city. He said, kill everything in the city, all the animals, all the women and children, all the people. We're going to take over this city. We're going to start this city new. However, Saul didn't do that. Saul killed all the men in the city and then took all the women, took all the children, took all the animals to be his own because uh, he liked them. He wanted those things. He wanted them to make himself look good. And so God was like, no, Saul, you're not going to do this. Um, you're not going to be king anymore. I want David to be king. Um, however, Saul didn't know that David was going to be king. Saul was just kind of going on with his life. Uh, and so God started, sent a tormenting spirit to Saul um, and was kind of getting him ready to not be king anymore. Uh, well, Saul couldn't deal with this spirit. He said, I need someone to come play me music. So Saul talked to one of his servants, and the servant went to David. And David, because uh, he knew that David knew how to play music well. Uh, and so David went and played music for Saul. And then he's like, and Saul's like, I want you to stick around. I want you to be an important person in my party. And so David becomes an armor bearer and carries all the armor for Saul when he goes out to battle. So when Saul went to um, face Goliath, he was like trying to send all of his certain servants to kill this guy. However, David's like, I can do it. And he's like, Saul's like, are you sure? Like, you're just like a little scrawny little boy. He's like, no, I can do it. And so Saul's like, here, take all my armor, take everything that I have that I've worked for, take everything that makes me me, and go kill and try to go kill Goliath. And David's like, no, I don't want any of your stuff. I don't want any of your armor. I can do this myself because God's told me to, to go do this myself. So that's when he takes the rock and the slingshot and he kills Goliath. And so from that moment on, Saul doesn't like David anymore because David went against Saul's wishes. David proved that he can fight without Saul's help, without Saul's armor. And so from then on, uh, it begins this cat and mouse pursuit between Saul and David. Um, and then in the next chapter, you see that Saul actually tried to kill David for the first time out of many times that he tried to kill David. And so it was at that point that David knew, like, oh, maybe my life's in jeopardy. Like, like what's going on? Like, I thought I was the armor bearer to the king. I thought I was getting ready to go and, and take over as king one day. However, now the king's trying to kill me. Like, what's, like, what's going on, God? Um, so, but however, everyone else in the city, in the country, loved David. They wanted him to be king. But David's like now in this, in this position where he like can't easily become king because the king's trying to kill him. Uh, and so after David tried to, or after Saul tried to kill David, the first time he made David a military commander. He's like, okay, I'm going to put David on the front lines. He's going to go to all these battles and surely someone's going to kill him in a battle. He's going to be the first one there. Um, he's going to be in charge of all the troops, and he's going to, we're going to throw him to battles that we know he's going to lose so that David can die and Saul can get rid of David. However, David wins all those battles. God is with him. God builds him up in his army, and each time Saul sends him to go out to fight, uh, David is, is victorious. David wins that battle. And so, again, Saul's plan didn't, didn't work because God had a bigger plan for David. It didn't matter where David went and how many enemies David had to fight. God was going to take care of David um, through it all. And through it all, uh, David gave glory back to God. And so now Saul's like really mad. He's like, okay, I sent you to my enemies when I thought you were going to die. And now David's clearly not dying. Uh, he's prevailing and everyone is liking David now. And everyone wants David to be king. So Saul's 
tries to kill him again. And when, but before um, Saul goes in to kill him, he gets, David gets a word from one of the servants that Saul's going to come in to kill him. And so David's like, I'm out of here. So David starts to run. He goes, he flees to many cities. Each city along the way, he finds people there that can protect him, that help him. Um, and eventually he finds himself in the back of this cave. And now when he gets in back of this cave, like Saul's trying to find him. Saul's trying to search for him. And Saul goes into that cave where David was. Well, Saul didn't see David in the cave. Um, and when Saul rested, David came out to Saul. And God's like, you can like take Saul if you want. And David's like, nah, I'm not going to because like God anointed Saul. Like, I like Saul. I'm not going to take his life. So what he did instead is that he cuts off a corner of Saul's robe. And then when Saul gets up and then leaves the cave, he says, Saul, I was in here. Here's a corner of your robe. I could have killed you. And so Saul's like, was like, sorry. He's like, I'm sorry that I was trying to kill you. I'm sorry that I was there. You clearly could have killed me. Thank you for showing your grace to me. Uh, I, I won't do it again. Now, obviously, Saul is lying. He tries to do it again. Um, but at that point, um, David's like, okay. Like, and so he still runs. And so as David's running from city to city again, he gets word again that Saul's still trying to find him. This time he has 3,000 men with him trying to hunt for David um, in this country. Um, and so one night David or God told David, hey, get up and go like Saul's about to come get you. And as David was going, he sees Saul and his army. Um, they were sleeping for the night. And David decides to go up to Saul, who was sleeping, and take some of his stuff. And then he leaves. And then the next morning, David's like on a hilltop calling down to Saul. He's like, Saul, I could have killed you again at last night. Here's some of your stuff that I took from you. I could have killed you because you're trying to kill me, but I didn't because I like you. And God didn't want me to kill you. God chose you. Like, I'm giving you another shot to be good. Now, for a guy who knows his calling, that he's supposed to be king, when he doesn't take the opportunity to kill the king that's in, before him, because for whatever reason, like that's, that's pretty noble of, uh, of David. And so he could have easily taken, taken Saul's life and become king. No one would have looked twice about it, but God knew that, uh, David knew that God had put Saul there for a reason uh, and that it wasn't his time yet. And, but after that, Saul's like really upset. But he's like, David, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it again. And then, of course, he wants to go kill him again. Um, and so David finally goes to um, the one place Saul probably wouldn't go, and that was Philistine, or Philistine. And so, as, as you know from David and Goliath, Goliath was from Philistine. So David's like, surely he's not going to come to Philistine looking for me because, like, that's where his enemies are. That's where this giant was. Like, people really hate Saul there. Like, he's not going to go into enemy territory to try to find David. So David got there, and the Philistines were like, nope, you got to go. Like, I don't, I don't, we don't want you here. You killed Goliath. We know what you can do. And the Philistine was actually about to go invade Israel and take over anyway. And they were afraid that David was going to backstab, was going to backstab them. And so the Philistines really didn't want David there. Um, and so David had to leave Philistine. It was about that time when he got word that his wives were captured. Um, and when he found out that his wives were captured, um, he actually went back to God. It says um, in 1 Samuel that uh, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And so what did he do? He went to the city where his wives were captured, and he took down the city, destroyed the whole city, and got his wives back. 
Um, all the meanwhile, Saul gets overtaken by the Philistines uh, so much that he ends up killing himself in a cave. So what did David do when Saul killed himself? When he heard that Saul killed himself, he wept. He cried. He didn't rejoice. He's like, oh, he didn't say, oh, now I can become king. He's like, man, like this was a guy that God had chosen to be king, and now he's dead. Um, he didn't want that to happen. And so uh, when David heard that, he actually sang a whole song um, lamenting the life of Saul. And it's because of God, um, the Spirit of God in him that allowed him to do that. So then we think David becomes king, right? Well, not yet, actually. Uh, one of uh, Saul's commanders named Abner anoints um, a guy named Ishbosheth king over Israel. Uh, and so David still doesn't get to be king, even though the previous king, Saul, had died. However, David is made king over Judah, which was a neighboring country. Um, he was king there, the Bible says, for seven years. And so it was still another seven years before David gets to be king over Israel, which is what the original prophecy was, which is what God wanted. Over the time where David was king of Judah, um, Judah increased and Israel decreased. And everyone in Israel was wanting David to be king over them. They didn't want uh, this Ishbosheth guy to be king over them because he was just he was just not doing a good job. And they knew that God had chosen David. Um, and so there, the people of Israel um, actually rose up and they killed Abner and Ishbosheth, and they finally made David king over their territory. So all that had happened at, from the time God was like David, I want you to be king, um, to the time he actually became king. Uh, it was about 20 years or so until that time. And so all throughout that time, David was relying on God to get him to where he needed to be. Even when it didn't look like he was going to um, be king for a while, when Saul was pursuing him, he still had faith in God that God would get him to where he needs to be. And so what can we learn from this story? What are some lessons that we can learn that relates to our God-given calling? Uh, well, first is that God's calling you may, in your life may not be fulfilled for a long time. It may take multiple steps along the journey to get to where you need to be. Uh, if you want to be a doctor, you can't just be a doctor right away. You have to take 12 to 16 years of schooling before you can get to that point where God may have called you to be a doctor. Or if God wants you to be a missionary overseas, it may take years of schooling, you may need to go to seminary, you may need to fundraise, and may, you may need to go work another job to pay off your loans before that. It may take a long time before it gets to the point where you can fulfill what God has wants you to do. But the steps along the way, the journey builds you up and helps you to get to the point where you need to be. God grows you along the path. Second, there's going to be opposition when you follow God's plan. Whenever you get a, a dream, an idea of what God wants you to do, whenever he tells you to do something, well, there's something in this world, the devil, that doesn't want you to do that. The devil doesn't want you to carry out God's plan. He wants, you to be, he wants to tear you down. He wants to bring obstacles along your way because he doesn't want you to follow God. Because if God tells you to do something, then obviously it's good, and it's going to bring people to God. Um, and so just like how when David was supposed to be king, there was his opposition with Saul. He tried to tear him down. But as long as you stay steadfast in God, then there's nothing that can, that can tear you down. Third, whenever you find yourself in the waiting, that you can still serve God there and make a difference. If you're at UNC right now and you're like, I have these big goals for my life, or I don't even know what I want to do for my life. Like, you're here now. You can make a difference here now. And 
wherever you find yourself, that's where God's wanting you to serve. Even if I may have plans to do, to do other stuff after this year, God has me here right now to make a difference, and I need to fully commit myself and pursue that uh, because God has me here. However, maybe you're, you might be like a Parker in this room, and you may be like, well, that's cool and all, but I don't really know what God wants me to do with my life, so how is this story relevant to me, is what someone may be thinking. Well, let me tell you, I have that prepared. Maybe you don't have a God's calling in your life. Maybe you have no idea what God wants you to do with your life. That's okay. You're still called to go um, and serve God. Uh, the Great Commission, uh, as we like to call it, um, Matthew 28, chapter, or chapter 28, verse 19 to 20, says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So it doesn't matter if you don't know what you want to do with your life, you're still called to go and make disciples of all nations. Wherever you are, you have to go make disciples. That's what God, um, that's what Jesus' last words were, uh, or that's what the last words of Matthew were um, before, he, before he ascended. So like that's what you want to, like that's what God wants you to do. And so there's three things, three tips, three encouragements I want to give you, um, as, you as you move on uh, into, into the unknown. First is that you got to be ready. God can call you to go do something anywhere at any time. God can... God has his own timing. He'll reveal to you his plan in his own timing. If you don't know God's plan for you right now, then it's probably not time for you to know God's plan right now. God wants to reveal it in his perfect time. So maybe it'll be tonight. Maybe it'll be when you're 60. I heard a story once where a couple worked their entire life. They retired when they were 65, and God called them to go do missions. And so like, maybe that's when you're supposed to go. Or maybe you're supposed to spend your whole life in the marketplace making disciples of whatever company you end up at. It doesn't, it could be any, it could be any time. So you got to be ready and you got to be aware um, of what God is wanting you to do. Secondly, you got to be fully surrendered to God uh, and his plan for your life. Are you willing to go anywhere or do anything, even if it was inconvenient? Like if God says, like, leave Carolina and go do this thing, like, would you do it? Like, you probably won't say that, but, like, if you did, would you do it? Like, are you fully surrendered to God to the point where, like, no matter what he tells you to do, like, you'll do it? Uh, I was at a time in, in my life where uh, I, was, I was working a job. I was a manager of a store, and God's like, I want you to go do college ministry. I'm like, well, I don't, I, I'm working a job. Like, I don't really know. What, I was a couple years out of college. I didn't know what that looked like. God's like, no, like, I want you to do college ministry. Like, it's time for you to, to leave that job and go. And so as I was praying about it more and got more information on, like, where I needed to go, like, eventually I was like, okay, God, like, I'm leaving my manager job. I'm trusting you that, that you can, that you'll take care of me, that you'll, um, that you'll be, you'll be with me. And so that was, it was very interesting timing because just a few weeks before that, I was like, God, like, whatever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, like I'm fully surrendered to you. Like I, I'll do anything. And when I got to that point in my life, that's when God was like, okay, here's the plan that I have for you. Um, so, maybe, so maybe that's the case. Um, but finally, your mission is wherever your feet are. Wherever God has you right now, it doesn't matter if you know your plan in the future or not. 
your mission is right here. Your mission's at, at this college right now. Your mission is to the students all around you. And so Emily's going to come up, and we're going to sing um, the first song that we sing again about um, great is God's faithfulness. And so as we sing this song um, one last time, I want you guys to think about, about God's faithfulness and about your life, about the plans that, that you have for your life, the plans that God may have for your life, um, and just reflect on, on that. And maybe you need to ask God tonight and say, God, like, what do you want me to do with my life? Like, what should I do? I've, I've mapped out this career for myself, but is it really what you want me to do? Or God, I have no idea, like, lead me to your path. Um, or maybe you're having trouble reaching out to the people around you and you're, and you ask God, you spend this time asking God, like, God, like, give me eyes to see what you see. Give me people to reach out to, people to make a difference um, in, in their lives. And so just like open yourselves up to God tonight, open your heart to God and allow him to fully take over and so and bring you on his will because it's only it's only God that that knows what that we're supposed to be doing and God's going to take care of you because he is faithful and he's going to guide you um, and he has a plan for your life whether you know it or not God has a plan or purpose for your life um, so yeah just spend the next few minutes um, connecting with God um, praying you can sing you can sing do whatever um, yeah just this is your time to to spend with God and to reflect on the, his plans for you